We're going to be learning with Kutzisichas Chelik. You test the third sicha for Parshas Shaftim. This sicha's main sugyas are the sugya of the ninth Iker of the Rambam and also the seventh Iker of the Rambam. We're going to start off with asking the Shilas of the Sefer Ikrim on these two Ikrim. And then we'll go into the sicha itself where it talks about the mitzvah of the Lofti Shman, mitzvah of listening to Navi Ames, and also knowing when a Navi is false. The Rebbe will bring down the Rambam, that's eighth and ninth parak, which discusses these concepts. We'll ask a few questions on it. And then we will get to the main answer of the Sicha, which will thereby uh, clarify what is the seventh and ninth principle according to the Rambam and how that resolves the questions of the Sefer Ikrim and will also resolve the questions that we have on the Sefer Rambam. So let's, let's start. The seventh Ikr of the Rambam is, the, is that the belief of the primacy of Nebuah Smaisha. The ninth principle is the belief that the Torah is eternal, it never, can never be changed, can never be added on, you can't take away anything from it. So let's start, the Sefer Ikram asks on the ninth principle. He says, L'chaira, according to the Rambam, the reason why the Rambam holds that this is a one of the Ikram, it's based on a Pasuk, because it says in the Pasuk that you're not, you're not allowed to add to the Torah and you're not allowed to take it away from it. And the Rambam learns that since it says you can't add and you can't take away, that means you're not, a Novi cannot come and change uh, the details of mitzvah, add a new detail, a mitzvah, take away a detail or take away a mitzvah from the Torah. And there's also a logic to it. Because since the Torah is something which is perfect and has perfection, it's a Muslim, and it's a Shvi HaMS, has perfect, uh, and, and it has the true perfection, therefore you can't, if you add or take away for something which is perfect, you're actually just, uh, you're actually causing it to lose some of that perfection. So the Sefer Ikram asks on it like this. He says, L'chaira, this only makes sense when we're talking about a command of something which is objectionally uh, perfect. But the mitzvahs that we have is really connected to the people. Hashem is giving human beings commands. So since human beings are able to change, therefore the mitzvahs theoretically could change based on human beings. For example, we, a child could only eat certain types of foods. A bacher could eat other types of foods. So it's not the pshat. So if you give him a command that when you're a child, you eat these foods, and when you're an adult, you eat these other foods, it's not the pshat that... The, uh, the pshat is that you're able to change the mitzvah because the person himself is changing. Similarly, we actually find this regarding many mitzvahs of the Torah, the mitzvahs that were before Har Sinai to the mitzvahs after Har Sinai. For example, uh, originally by Adam Rishon, he was commanded that he was not allowed to eat any meat. Then Noach was told that he's allowed to eat meat. Eventually, the Yidin got the Torah and they were told they're allowed to eat certain types of animals. So we see that the mitzvah had changed over the generations. Another example is Avram and Achai. Avram and Achai was also uh, as also from the times of um, Noyach. But we find that when Hash, that when Moshe Rabbeinu got the Torah, there was a change in the mitzvah of Ibn Menachai. Because a guy, if the shkita is done, he still can't eat from the animal until it's completely dead. Once the shkita is done, he's already, he's already allowed to start eating from the uh, shkita. So we see that there are changes done to the mitzvah. And the reasoning is, it's not the pshat that the Torah is changing. The pshat is because the people are changing. So when the before Matan Torah, we were on some, one type of spiritual level, therefore we had these types of mitzvahs. After Matan Torah, we were on a different spiritual level, therefore we had a different types of mitzvahs. So in short, the Sefer Ikram holds that saying that the Torah can never be changed is not a fundamental principle of the Torah. As we're going to see later, the Sefer Ikram will agree that the Pale, the mitzvahs that we have, are always going to be the same. But it's not mitzad, but it's for a different, for, but it's for a different reason, as we'll see. Uh, the, the second question that the Sefer Ikram has is on the seventh Ikr of the Rambam. The second Ikr of the Rambam is the Amunah that we have in the Nevuah of Meishurbein. 
So he says, once you have the seventh acre lachar, you don't need the ninth. He says, what is Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah? Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah was the giving of the Torah. And the reason why we need that, that has to be an acre lachar, according to the Rambam, is because what happens if a Navi will come in a later generation and say that he got a different prophecy, which is different than Moshe Rabbeinu. So how do you know which one's telling the truth? So it's because of the special quality of Nebuah's Moshe, um, as the Rambam describes, and we're going to mention soon, but the basic idea is that all the Yidin saw at Harsinai, the 600,000 people saw at Harsinai, Hashem speaking to her Moshe Rabbeinu, so we know that Nebuah's Moshe is true. So since we saw that happen, we know that uh, that the Torah is true. So once we have Nebuah's Moshe, and we believe that everything Moshe Rabbeinu told us is true, because we saw it with our own eyes, then why... Within the Torah itself, it says that you're not going to add, you're not going to take away with it, and it's, it's for all generations. So, based on that, why do you need the ninth principle to say that it's eternal? Once you believe in Torah Smaisha, then automatically the Torah is going to be eternal, because you can't have another Navi come in a later generation and say that a mitzvah has changed. Because any Navi that comes later is automatically going to be on a lower level than Moshe Rabbein. So the ninth principle will, will be included on its own within the seventh already. So in short, what the Sefer Ikram says, what the principle should really be, is that we have a perfect faith that since it has to be in the oifen of the shlichus of Moshe, that we believe that the shlichus, that the shlichus that Moshe Rabbeinu got to give us the Torah was in front of 600,000 Yidin. And since it was in front of 600,000 Yidin, and we saw Hashem give Moshe Rabbeinu the Torah, and it says about not changing it and not adding to it and tells us about the 630 mitzvahs, etc., etc., we know this is true because we experienced it. But Uli Yitzur, a in a later generation, he says, if there would be another Navi that came and spoke in front of 600,000 Yidin, and Takis said that you should add a mitzvah, take away a mitzvah, then in a chinami, he says, like theoretically, philosophically, we would be able to add because we could have another Navi that comes and say, from now on, going today and forward, your spiritual level has changed, and therefore you need to do another type of mitzvah, or you don't need to do a certain type of mitzvah. He says, theoretically, that would be make sense. Papayal ain't lanu esik in the stars. We have no idea if such a thing will happen. So Papayal, right now, we have the Vuas Maisha. The Vuas Maisha is the only time we had a d- divine revelation to all the Jewish people. Therefore, whatever it says in Tyrus Maisha is going to be forever because we have no way of being able to change it. Because any Navi that comes later can't change it. Even if he's greater than Moshe Rabbeinu, Benuvu, such a thing would be possible. Still, he wouldn't be able to change it because it doesn't have to do with the individual. It has to do with the way how that nevuah was given over. That was in front of everybody. We all experienced it. So it has to do with all the Jewish people being there. So Bapal, he says, you only need one acre. That's the one acre. That the oif and the is in front of everybody. Therefore, we know the Torah is eternal. And we have the specialty of the Vuh Smosh. It's really all one point. Masha'ink, according to the Rambam, he divides it into two. He divides it. One is the Nebuah of Moshe, which is special. Therefore, we know that the Torah is true because the Nebuah of Moshe was experienced by everybody. And then he has another mitzvah, which is the, that the Torah itself is eternal. But of course, the question would be is why do you need another ikr? I'm sorry, not a mitzvah, another ikr about the Torah being eternal cannot be changed. Once you believe in the Nebuah of Moshe, that's already included. And as we said, the original question was that Bechlal, why would that be an ikr that the Torah can never have another mitzvah or take away a mitzvah. Why? If we're on a different spiritual level, Hashem could change a mitzvah. And as we said earlier, theoretically, he says, if there would be another Navi who gave a prophecy in front of all the Jewish people and said that the times have changed, and now we have a Nevoah that we need to add or take away a mitzvah, why wouldn't we listen to him? So that's the, 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 the objections that the Sefer Ikram has on the Rambam. Now let's get into the Sikha itself. So in this week's parsha, it tells about the mitzvah of, of a Navi, mitzvah of Allah Tishmon, that there's a mitzvah to listen to a Navi MS. And as long as he does not come to take away 
or to add or to add a mitzvah to the Torah. And the Sefer Chinuch explains what's the purpose of this mitzvah. That the purpose of the mitzvah is is because the only true knowledge, the great, the perfect and true knowledge that we can have, is of course only divine knowledge. And the individual that has the divine knowledge is a Navi. And those are only very special people able to have that divine connection. So therefore, they are the ones that are, are best able to guide us in the ways of Hashem. So therefore, if a Navi comes and tells you that this is what Hashem wants, he is guiding you to exactly to do what Hashem wants. And, and if you go against what the Navi wants, that's actually a Chiyavisa de Shamayim, because you're going against what Hashem is commanding us to do and the way of following Him. And all this is learned out from the Pasuk of Eilav Tishman that we have to listen to a Navi. So how do we know if a Navi is a Navi Amis? The Raman tells us, that's based, that, and Chumash tells us, and the Raman explains that it's based on him giving us a sign. That if the Navi will give us a sign and say such a certain future event will occur, and it, and it turns out to be Amis, then we know that this uh, person is a true Navi. So historically, how did we know? This is important. How do we know historically that a Navi was Amis? So there were actually two time periods. There was the time period before Matan Tyre, and there was a time period after Matan Tyre. Before Matan Tyre, we didn't have the Pasuk of Eilat Tishman to tell us that we're supposed to listen to Navi. Rather, we knew that we had to do certain mitzvahs based on the, uh, because the Navi, because we trusted the Navi. Avram Avinu had a prophecy for Hashem. Since he, Hashem tells him to do a particular mitzvah, to do mitzvah smila, therefore we do mitzvah smila. Gitanasha was told to Yaakov. We have Avram Nechai that's told to Noyach. So we, the reason why we do these mitzvahs is because Hashem commanded us to, through these Nevi'im to do those particular mitzvahs. The Tzamech Tzadik tells us an interesting idea. He says, there could be a way of knowing if a Navi is telling you the truth because there are certain things that only a Navi could do. For example, uh, we know by the, one of the Makas was Kinim. And it says in the Pasuk, that the uh, necromancer said that we know that this Makas is from Hashem because witchcraft doesn't have any power over Kinim, over flies. So therefore, we know that must have been from Hashem. Another example tells us in the Gemara that Hashem says that he would never stop the, the sun from moving for an Ovid of Adizar. So if the sun moves, we know that must be only for a Navi Amis. So there are certain ways of knowing what a Navi Amis is. So and before the Torah was given, when a Navi would tell us to do a certain command, we listened because that came from Hashem. And again, there were ways of us knowing if he's telling the truth. Of course, the Navi himself had to follow what he what he heard from Hashem, because Hashem told it to him. And we believed those Nevi'im, based on different signs, we see even by Moshe Rabbeinu, he differed, when he first originally went to Mitzrayim, Hashem gave him certain signs, you know, pouring the water, turning into blood, the staff turning into a snake. Uh, those signs that were given to him, we knew that he was a Nevi'amus, and we followed what his rules were. But once the Torah was given, that changed. It wasn't just because we were able to look at what he does, and therefore we're able to see if he's telling the truth. Rather, once the Torah was given, the Torah tells us we, when we have certain obligations to listen to a Navi. Since the Torah tells us, I love Tishman, that if a Navi does an ice and tells us what the future will be, we are commanded to trust him. That is the only reason why we trust him. I, maybe he's lying, maybe, maybe it was really through witchcraft. We don't know. But since Hashem told us that if he does this particular, uh, tells you the future and it's correct, we're supposed to trust him. The Torah is commanding us to follow what he says, similar to the idea of Adam. The Torah says if you have two Adam, you believe what they have to say, even to kill a person based on it. I, maybe they're lying. It doesn't matter. Since the Torah says that if two Adam come in and you, and you and you interrogate them and they turn out to be, they're able to answer all the questions, we trust them that they're true and we pass them a lock-off based on that. So what that means is that before Matan Torah, the way how we listen to Navi was if, as long as we knew that he was telling the truth, we had some type of beer, some type of advice, that he's telling the truth, we listened to him and we followed all of his commands. After Matan Torah, the only way we know that a Navi is telling the truth is if he follows the directives of the Torah. 
So, for example, let's say he, um, we, after Matan Torah, he does something with Kinim or he makes the sun stop. One of these types of signs that the Torah does not say that we should trust him. So even though you know he's a Navi Yemes, he stopped the sun. It doesn't make a difference. The Torah says you trust him only if he gives an ice regarding the future. Or if another Navi testifies that he's a true Navi. If he does not fo- follow the directives of the Torah of how we know that he's a true Navi, even if we know 100% that he's telling the truth, we don't care. We don't follow him. And similar to the idea of Edim. Even if you had Moshe Va'ar, giving an Edus, and we know that they're telling the truth, it's Moshe Va'ar. Nonetheless, since the Torah says that the relatives are puzzle, so if they testify together, they're automatically going to be puzzle, even though we're, we know that they're telling the truth. And this is based on a Rambam in the Pirsu Mishnais in Masechus where the Rambam tells us that it says in the Lashon of the Mishnah, uh, it says, B'Sinai Nesar, our Girsa has a B'Sinai Namar, that by Sinai became prohibited. He says, what's this idea of Sinai became prohibited? He says this because there were many mitzvahs that were given to the Yidin, or given to, the, uh, given to Yidin, given to the Neuach before Matan Tairah. But the reason why we do these mitzvahs is not because of what was said earlier. We do not have any obligation to follow any of the mitzvahs that were given to the Bnei Neuach, uh, or, or to, uh, the Bnei Neuach, or even the Bnei Avram Mitzvah Yaakov before Matan Tairah. The only obligations we have is that if Hashem gave us that mitzvah at, uh, at, at, at Matan Tairah. Therefore, as discussed earlier, there's certain differences by Ibrahim and Achai. There's differences regarding eating an animal, even though they had certain commands from before. After Matan Tairah, the reason we do it is because Hashem gave us a command of Matan Tairah. Therefore, the mitzvah of Mila that we do at Matan Tairah is not because He commanded Avraham Abin to do it. No, it's because Moshe Rabbeinu gave us the command. So therefore, Ilu Yitzur, by Matan Tairah, we didn't have the command to do mitzvah Mila. We would have no obligation to do mitzvah Mila. In other words, when the Yidim became the Am Yisrael by Matan Tairah, that we are chosen to be Hashem's nation, we accepted upon ourselves to do what Hashem wants. That's when we became a chuyiv in all the mitzvahs. Anything before, we're not chayivin. Only from then onwards, we're mechuyiv. This is also interesting why Rashi tells us um, that the only thing, Moshe Rabbeinu's Torah is called Torah's Moshe. Torah's Moshe is called Torah's Moshe. The reasoning is, because since Torah's Moshe is for all generations, that's what's called Torah. That's the lesson for us to follow. Uh, is not necessarily for all generations, especially we're talking on the Nevi'im before Matan Torah, but even the Nevi'im after Matan Torah, not everything that they said necessarily was, uh, was applicable for all generations. Fine. So based on this, the reasoning why, to summarize, the reason why nowadays we believe in the Navi is because the Torah tells us to believe a Navi who gives a sign. So why do we believe in Maishu Rabbeinu? Did Maishu Rabbeinu give us a sign? So, that, so the Ramam actually tells us the reason why we believe in Maishu Rabbeinu is because the Torah tells us to believe in Maishu Rabbeinu. The Torah tells us that um, the Torah tells us that when Maishu Rabbeinu um, yeah, he says, okay, it says in the Pasuk, Anoichi lacha that I'm going to come to you within the cloud, the, the smog, the cloud, and the people, the people will hear me speaking to you, and therefore they will believe in you forever. Since the Torah says that when these things happen, when the people will see me coming and speaking to you, they will believe in you forever. That's the reason why we believe in Moshe Rabbeinu forever. As the Ramam is actually Mayuch in this in the beginning of Parakas, he tells us is really, there's two points in this. First of all, he tells us that the reason why we believe in Moshe is not because of a sign. Because if you believe in any type of a sign, there's always... A suffix is a sign because of witchcraft is it something real. We never truly know if this is something which is real. The only, the only way that we know, uh, and therefore all the signs that Moshe Rabbeinu did in the Midbar was only the Tzarek Shah. He brought the Daman because they needed to eat. Um, the Slav because they wanted meal. Any miracle that happened 
was because they needed something to happen. The reason why we believe in Moshe Rabbeinu is because Anenu Re'inu Avalazar, that our eyes ourselves saw, not a stranger. We saw Hashem speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu by Matan Tire. We heard him call him out, Moshe, Moshe, and we saw him approach, we saw him, uh, uh, Hashem calling to him. We saw Moshe Rabbeinu approaching the, 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 the Ruffle. So the reason why we believe him is because we saw that happen. Aye. So that's step one. How do we know that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, had a Nebuah? It's because we saw that Nebuah. But then it comes to step two, is that the Torah tells us that since we saw that occur, that's why we have to believe in him forever. So the Torah itself is telling us to believe in the Nebuah Moshe. So the Nebuah Moshe has two interesting points. That we know it's true because we saw it with our own eyes. And B, the Torah tells us that once you see this happen, once you hear and see Hashem approaching Moshe Rabbeinu, that's how uh, you're supposed to believe him. And that's uh, very meduic in, in the Lashon of the Rambam, which seems to be somewhat of a merichus in the beginning of Perkas, where he's discussing um, the reason why we believe in Nebuah Smaisha is because he's trying to express really these two points. That A, uh, or really three points. A, we don't trust Moshe because of a sign. B, we trust Moshe because we saw Hashem speaking to him and we saw Hashem approach him. And this itself is based on a pasuk. Um, as, as, as the rabbi explains, it says, what does it mean that I'm going to come to you? That's what it says in the Pasuk, that they saw the fire and they saw the koilis and the lapidim. That is the idea of as Hashem coming within the smoke. It says Hashem's going to come in the av. That's him coming in the fire and the sounds. That's the idea of Hashem come. And then it says, well, I'll hear when you'll speak to. This is the idea that, that, that they heard Moshe, Hashem calling to Moshe, Moshe, Moshe. Fine. And then the Rambam continues that this is the reason why we believe in any Navi is because the Torah tells us to believe in a Navi. So even though we might have some doubts, is this true or not? But since the Torah tells us that if he does an ice, we should trust him. Therefore, it's just like Adam, which the Adam could be lying, but we trust the Adam because the Torah tells us to trust in these Adam. Uh, and that's the reason why we believe, we believe the Adam. So the problem, though, is that the, that the Ram continues in Halacha Gimel. He tells us the Fichach. He tells us the Fichach. Therefore, he says, the Fichach, he says, if... Uh, a Navi will come and tell us, um, and he'll be makrish. If a Navi comes and does great and amazing miracles, and he comes to uh, disqualify or, or go against the Navu of Moshe Rabbeinu, we do not leave, listen to him. Why? Because the Navu of Moshe Rabbeinu is not based on signs that we able to evaluate one sign against the other and see which one has a better miracle, which one is more about Badois. You know, this other sign was based on the sun stopping, while Moshe Rabbeinu's sign was based on just turning a stick into a, a snake, which isn't a strong sign. No, it's because we ourselves saw Hashem speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Chaira, the question is, why is the Rambam having to give this explanation about why we're not trusting a Navi Shaker. He's telling us the reason why we don't trust a Navi Shaker, he's telling us two things. In the beginning of the passage, he's telling us something which makes a lot of sense. He's telling us the legal definition, that the only reason we trust the Navi nowadays is because the Torah commands us, and the Torah tells us what are the criteria of when to trust the Navi. So therefore, if the Navi goes against that criteria, for example, he's being Machish Nuvas to Shemosha, therefore, we're not going to trust him. We're going to know that he's false. So why does the Rambam all of a sudden have to add another detail? And he says, and another thing, do you know how you know he's lying? It's because the Vua of Moshe is stronger. Because the Vua of Moshe, we saw Masha in the Nevoa of these, of these other people. It's just, a, um, it, it's just a sign that they gave. And he gives an example in the Rambam. It's like someone comes to you, you saw something happen, 
And then two Aiden come to you and say, you never saw that happen. You're not going to trust those Aiden because you yourself saw it. It's the strongest verification you could have, something which you saw. But Lachaira, why is the Ramam adding this reason? The main reason why we even believe in Navi is only because the Torah tells us to believe the Navi. So therefore, what the Ramam really should have wrote is, that Lefichach, if, there, if you know, after he tells us why we believe in Navi, because it says they love Tishma, it should say, Lefichach, if the Navi comes and makes miracles, but he's trying to be Ma'akish, Nuvasa, Shemesha, we're not going to believe him, because he's going against what the Torah says, that the, the reason why we believe in Navi is because, as I love Tishma, and it comes with certain criteria, since he's going, not doing that criteria, therefore, we know that he's a Navi Shaker. Lechayr, that's all what he needed to say. So the Rebbe point puts it into two, really two parts of this question. He says, first of all, he says, the reason why we believe the Navi is not because we that Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah is a greater Nevoah, therefore it has a greater certainty that he's telling the truth. Rather, it's, it's, a, it's a totally different category. If it's just a matter of greater Vadois, then they're both really giving a Nevoah. It's hard to, you know, it just that is that Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah we know is more true. This has some truth. This is a greater level of truth. So from Stama Moshe Rabbeinu is saying the truth. So it's a matter of a, a greater level of, you know, it's, it's a greater level of quality, this truth that we have. But he says it's much more than that. It's more than that because he doesn't even he it's he doesn't even start his nevuah. We don't even begin to trust his nevuah. The only reason we trust anything that he says is because the Torah tells us to listen. So if the Torah tells us not to listen, then we don't trust him. It's nothing to do with if he's telling the truth. And even if we know for sure he'd be telling the truth, we still wouldn't listen to him. That's point one. And point two, he says, is that the sefer yad is giving us is a sefer halacha, meaning is it gives us rules based on logic, based on the Torah. So since we have the rules of the Torah, and the Torah tells us that from after the time of Matan Torah, we only believe and listen to a Navi based on the criteria of the Torah. So therefore, since he's going against the criteria of the Torah, we don't listen to him. This reasoning that he's giving, this logical philosophical proof that he's giving to you, telling you how do we know that the Navi's lying, it's because Moshe Rabbeinu's Navu, we saw it on our eyes, therefore it has a much greater advice, that fits much better in Moshe Nebuchadnezzar. How do you know which one's telling the truth? Is it Moshe Rabbeinu? Is it this other individual? So it's getting more into the, like the, the fundamentals of the Muna. So therefore, it can give you a philosophical explanation why we know that Moshe Rabbeinu's Nebuah is stronger. But over here, it's a safer halacha. Means we already, we're naming on that the Torah is true and, and we have certain kalalim for halacha. Rather, what we're trying to understand is why, why do we trust the Nabi in certain scenarios and certain scenarios not? So then we're thorough. All we need to say is because the Torah gives us certain criteria, and if he follows our criteria, we believe him. If he doesn't, we don't believe him. And, and, and so that's the question on Perkas. The, uh, the, the Rambam continues in Perkas. And as the Rebbe says, that the Rambam Perkas, he connects the idea of Torah with Nebuah Smaisha, meaning is he calls the Torah itself, he keeps on referring to the idea of Nevuas Maisha. In Perak he tells us what happens if a Navi, uh, tells us about the, 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 the Nitzchis of the Torah, that the Torah is, uh, never can change, it's always, it can't add, you can't take away. And he tells us that if a Navi comes and tells us that he was sent by Hashem to add to a mitzvah, to take away a mitzvah, or to explain a mitzvah different than explanation by Shirvain gave, or that those mitzvahs that the B'nai Yisrael were commanded are not for all generations, rather it's just for a particular point in time. So the Rambam says, you know he's a Navi Shaker because he's coming to Machish Nevuasa Shamaisha. So he's calling the Torah Nevuasa Shamaisha. Right? What is the Nevuah of Maisha? Nevuasa Shamaisha is the Torah, and the Torah is telling us that there's 630 mitzvahs, so he's calling the Torah of Maisha, uh, he's calling Torah Nevuasa Shamaisha. Further on in the parak, 
he does the same thing. This is Allah Hey. He tells us that if a Navi, he does tell us that if a Navi comes for Hayrai Shah, tells you that for a certain period of time, for a particular reason, uh, you're, you're, you're like Elio Bahar Carmel, you don't need to do a uh, certain mitzvah, you're allowed to do a certain very then you're supposed to listen to him, unless it's regarding Avay desire. That if a Navi comes and tells you that you're supposed to do Avay desire, even a one time thing, even Bashah, Zubalvad, we never listen because it's coming to be Machish, because it says in the Torah clearly that Hashem will never send the Navi to do Avay desire, so you know that he's false. So, so, so the Shaila is, what, what's this Navi coming to do? He's coming to be Machish the Torah. The Torah tells us not to add, not to take away. It says, Nikdas Lanam, Lena, Elam. So, why is the Ramam calling it that he's coming to be Machish the Vuasal Shemoshrebein? Should just say that he's Machish the Torah. The Torah tells us that, that, that the Torah is eternal, that it's not going to be added, it's not going to be taken away. This guy says it is going to be taken away. So, obviously, that we know that he's lying. So, why is he focusing on this point? That he's coming to be makish nuvasa should have been focused that he's being makish nuvua of, as he's being makish the Torah itself. As we explained earlier, the greatest toikif we have is from the Torah itself. A nuvua doesn't have the same powers as Torah, as we said earlier. When we had a nuvua from before matan Torah, even to do mitzvah mila, that doesn't obligate us to do the Torah to do mitzvah mila after matan Torah. It's only because we had the command of matan Torah to do that. Therefore, we had to do the the the, the, the mila also after matan Torah. And this is actually a to many in Allah, as the Rebbe points out in R14, that the Torah, Divrei Torah, have much stronger toikif than Divrei Nevi'im. Uh, some examples in the Gemara Chagiga tells us that we're unable to learn out Divrei, uh, halachas from Torah from Divrei Nevi'im. For example, it tells us about the Mitzvah Chagiga, that uh, we know that on Yom Tuk you're supposed to bring a Karma Chagiga. So the, the Mishnah tells us that that's like a, 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 a halacha, which is like a hair, a hair hanging from a mountain. So Mar says, what does that mean? It says because it's really Allah Sinai, because we don't have any possible for what is means. Because all it tells us is you're supposed to make a holiday for Hashem. How do we know that means to bring a carbon chagiga? So to bring a gazer shabbat, because it says midbar by, uh, by us. It says you should make a chad for Hashem in the midbar. And then it says also the lashon of midbar in the, in the Sefer Amas. And over there by Sefer Amas, where it says midbar, it's talking about sacrifice and zvachim and stuff. Therefore, how do we know that when it says to make a, a chad for Hashem in the midbar talks about it means. A korvin you're supposed to be carbonus, it's because of this pasik in, in, in the Vim. So it says that's why is this a, a weak, it has like a, like a mountain hanging on a hair? He says, because you can't learn divrei Torah from the Nevi'im. Why not? Because divrei Torah is something we're taka obligated to do, while divrei Nevi'im is something which is only the Fisha. So you can't learn out one thing from the other. That's one example. We also find, according to many Achreinim, we know that, uh, that uh, Suffolk Torah. Is the chumrah? If you have a suffix, you're supposed to fill a mitzvah in a, a deraisa. It's the chumrah. Masha Inkin, we know by by a mitzvah divrei chachamim, it's lekula. What about divrei kabbalah? Things that come from the neviim. So according to many achrayim, it is also lekula because it does not have that strength. Strength when because when the Torah says suffix Torah lechumrah, according to the opinions that hold suffix Torah lechumrah is a din Torah that only will apply to the words of the Torah itself. Mash Enki Divrei Nevi'im are not words of the Torah, therefore it will, be like, it will be also be Lekulah. So we see the point is that there's a certain taikif to Torah. So why say that he's going against the Nevi'as of Moshe Rabbeinu? Could have just said he's going against Torah itself. That's a much greater type of um, of, 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 of hechrich that, he's, that, that we're not allowed to listen to him and, and that he's false. And then just one last question that the Rabbi asks is, is... In Perak Tess itself, at the beginning of the Perak, when it talks about not adding a mitzvah or taking away a mitzvah or to explain a mitzvah different than Moshe Rabbeinu, it uses a lashon lahakish nuvasa shemoshe. But at the Perak in Halacha Dalid, 
it tells us that when he comes to give like a, he comes to be oiker a din, to say, a, to take away a particular din that we have, or to mechadish a particular din, or tell us that the lacha is in a certain situation uh, in this particular way, it says we don't believe him because he's coming to be makhish ha-toyra. Because the Torah says, Torah le'i And this individual that's telling us, oh, the lach is like this, man Omer, the din is this particular din. He heard from Shemaim that this is the din. He's actually being makhish uh, what the Torah says. Why over there does it say makhish at Torah? It doesn't say nebuasa shemaisha. Either always use the lashen, nebuasa shemaisha, always use the lashen of makhish at So those are the questions on the round. So now let's get to the main view of the Sikh. So the Rebbe explains that there is a fundamental difference that there's a fundamental difference between Divrei Torah and Divrei Nuvua. Divrei Torah, it says in the Pasuk, the Gemara tells us, that Hashem says, I put myself into the Torah itself. It says, when you learn Torah, you're taking Hashem. Meaning is that the Torah is one with Hashem. Hashem put His essence into the Torah itself. So when you're learning Torah, what you're really doing is, you're taking Hashem. You're, you're, lear- you're becoming one with Hashem. Therefore, just like Hashem is impossible, Hashem never changes. Hashem is eternal. He cannot change by things which are outside of Him. Hashem created everything which is outside of Him. Everything which is in the world is something that comes from Hashem. So nothing outside of Hashem would be able to change Him. Hashem is always eternal. Similarly, the, the Ratzon that Hashem has is also going to be eternal just like Him. So the, the Torah is eternal because Hashem's, uh, Hashem's eternal. And Hashem put Himself into the Torah. The Rebbe says in the Sigma and Acher, the Torah is the Ratzon of Hashem. So just like Hashem is eternal and without any changes, also his Ratzon will never have any change. Meaning, by human being, our Ratzon always can have changes because it's really just based on the type of situation that we're in. We, 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 don't want, we are in certain different situations at different times of our lives. Therefore, we can have different Ratzonists and different desires at different times of our life. Mashiach and Hashem, Hashem is the one that created everything in the world. Hashem created the world because He had a certain purpose. He wanted to do the So this desire that He had to make a Dirbetach that is the reason why the world was created. So therefore, the, the changes that happen in the world aren't going to change what His desire is. The world was created to fulfill what Hashem wants. So the desire is always there and the world is only created in order to facilitate what that desire is. Therefore, the desire of Hashem can never be changed. And therefore, uh, uh, when it says... Um, so you know, the rabbi puts in other words that the Torah can never be a middle, can never be a middleman, can never be an emsoy for something else. Just like Hashem is not, Hashem isn't here in order to provide for something else. Hashem is here because Hashem is eternal. Hashem is not here for any particular reason. Things which are created are here for a reason. Why did Hashem create A? Because He had a purpose for it. You can't say, why is Hashem there? Hashem was always there. Hashem is eternal. That's the whole definition of Hashem. Hashem is something which is eternally and always there without any reason. If you're a created being, then you have to have a reason why you are there. If you're eternal, the whole shot of being eternal is that you just have to be. This has to be. This is something which is mechuyiv mitzias. So therefore, when we see in the Mishnahis in different places that when it says Hashem made the Tariyad Mitzvah in order to l'sarf the hand, in order to purify, to in order to elevate the Briyas, in order to give the Briyas Schar, these are all external reasons of the Torah. It's not the essence of what the Torah is. The essence of what the Torah is is that this is the Ratzon of Hashem, and therefore, it can never be changed. And these other concepts of the Tzarf Behemus these are things which are not fundamentally the, uh, the essence of the Torah. As it's brought, uh, the Rebbe quotes one of the Ars from Samach Vav, that when it says that, it brings a Medrash, that the Medrash says, 
that Mama Ichbatle, La Kadush Baruch, Lemisha Shech, does it really bother Hashem if someone checks an animal? He says the whole reason why Hashem gave the mitzvahs was only Sarfahim and Sevriya. So it's, the idea is that the purpose of the mitzvahs was for us, to elevate us. He says, but that's only the Chatsoyis Ratzim. This is a more external Ratzim, meaning is that once the mitzvahs were put into the world, there's also certain advantages which are for, 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 for us. But how the Torah is in its essence, how it is, that of course it is if we do the Torah mitzvahs, because if we do the Torah mitzvahs, then we're able to fill and do what Hashem desires. So based on this, we can now understand, uh, oh, uh, so before that, uh, what about Divir Nevi'im? He says the whole idea of Divir Nevi'im is, is that it's it's something that they need at that particular time. As the Rambam says, the purpose of Nevi'im is either to be mazer, to warn the Jewish people, to exhort them to do the Torah mitzvahs, or sometimes it's to tell them, to, even if it's Divrei B'Shos, go to this particular place, go here, you'll find your donkeys, don't do a certain thing. So it could be telling them in the future, it could tell them that to do certain things, it could be warning them and, or, or be mazer them and encouraging them to do the Torah mitzvahs, like many of the, of, of the Divrei Nevi'im All of these things are something which is just needed Lutzer HaShah. It's not something which is always, it's for all eternity. Because it's something that's needed for the moment. Meaning is that even when Hashem sends a Navi to tell us to do the Torah mitzvahs, that means that the Nevuah itself is not for the sake of the Nevuah. That it's rather, I need to give you a Nevuah in order to tell you to do what Hashem wants. So the Tzarek of the Nevuah is always for something else. But nonetheless, the story starts in Maila and Nevuah. The Maila Nevuah is that it's Shaykh to the Gidre HaTachtoinim. Taira is the essence of Hashem, just like the Atzmusa Muhusa of Hashem is essentially something which is completely above us. This is Hashem is Hashem is who Hashem is. The Taira is what the Taira is. It's the essence. We cannot be toifus the etzim of the Taira. Mashenki the Divinavim is Gila Soida the Avda Navim. The whole purpose of the Taira the Navias is to reveal Himself to the Navim in a way that they're able to grasp it within their mind. It's to make it palpable. It's in order to make it real to us. So the purpose of Navias is to make it something uh, to have a profound effect to, 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 for us to be able to feel the awesomeness of Hashem's revelation. It's an interesting. Well, there's a Rabbi Shavar that tells us, and a the, little bit of a side note, but it's, we'll, we'll express this point, that the Shaila is that we know that if you're over in a Dibre Navi, you're Chayv Misa. So if you're Chayv Misa for being over a Dibre Navi, then L'Chayra, Moshe Rabbeinu told us all Tariyad Mitzvahs, and he's a Navi. So shouldn't we be Chayv Misa for any Mitzvah that Hashem tells us not to do? any of the 613 mitzvahs. So the different answers that are given. But the Rakat Shabbat tells us that this idea that you're Misa, if you're over the Divin Navi, is only if you hear the Nevuah from the Navi directly at the time that he's having Nevuah. Meaning is that when are you Chayv Misa? It's only when you're seeing, you're hearing the Nevuah B'Shas Misa. Because it's only B'Shas Misa do you have that powerful, profound, and awesome effect on the person. And if you don't listen to Hashem when he's right in front of you telling you what to do, that's Kilo, you're being murdered by Malchus. Uh, right? It's like, it's like being in front of the king and the ta- king tells you to sit down and you don't sit down. Ah, what's the big deal if you don't sit down? Because the king told you to. So therefore you hide Misa only in that particular moment. So the idea is that Divra Nevius, its quality is that it's Hashem revealing himself to us in a way that we're able to uh, uh, appreciate and have that profound effect on us. And that's why the Nevuah is ultimately something which is uh, connected to, to, to particular points in time. And even those Nevuah the Zunavus, which are written down, which are shaykh to all generations, it's not the same level of shaykh that, that the Torah has. The Torah is eternal mitzad itself. While Nevuah is ultimately something that has a shaykh to who we are. So it's particularly shaykh at the moment that it's given. And all generations, we also have a certain shaykh to it because it's given to us as human beings. The closer you are to the time of Nevuah, the more 
connected. It might have been for that particular point of time. But of course, it always has some type of relevance. But it has to do with certain generations will have more relevance to. Why? Because that's the whole gather of Nebuah that it has to do with the Gidre HaTachtayim. So that's the Milo that we have in Nebuah. So the Milo of Torah, that's the Rotz and Atzmi of Hashem. The Milo of Nebuah is that it's, it's able to have a profound and powerful effect on the individual hearing it. Or, being, or it's being told to that, uh, some individual. So according to this, we can understand the difference now between the seventh and the ninth Iker. And we can explain the answers uh, of the Ramah Mudhaf for the Shilas of the Ikri. So the one Shaila that the Ikrim had was, why was it that the ninth Iker, he says the Chayra, we don't, the ninth Iker is that the Torah is going to be eternal, it's never going to change, you can't add a mitzvah, take away a mitzvah. He says the Chayra, that's not an Iker. The Chayra, Hashem gives us certain commands because these are the commands which we need in order to serve Him better, in order to purify ourselves, to elevate ourselves. But theoretically, if there would be another a, a, a Navi that would come like Moshe Rabbeinu and reveal in front of all the Jewish people, 600,000 of us, then maybe we talk, it would be able to add uh, on a mitzvah. It doesn't seem like a fundamental mitzvah that the Torah never changed. So he says, according to this, we can understand the between the Rambam and the Ikrim. The Sefer Ikrim is looking at the Torah ultimately as the Hashem is giving us certain commands for our benefits in order to purify us, to elevate us, to make us better people, to give us a certain shleimus. So therefore, of course, as people change, therefore, theoretically, mitzvahs could also change. So, Bapayal, it won't change because we never had a Navi like Moshe Rabbeinu who revealed his message to, in front of such a large crowd. But theoretically, if it became relevant and we needed to have another mitzvah, Hashem could do the same thing. He could have another Matan Torah reveal in front of all the Jewish people. But according to the Raman, that's you're understanding the idea of Torah. He says the whole point of Torah is that the Torah is what Hashem, is the desire that Hashem has. It's the desire that Hashem has in the world. It's the Ratzon of Hashem. Therefore, since it's a Ratzon of Hashem, just like Hashem is eternal, so therefore his desire and his purpose in making this world um, is, is also eternal. I should say more, not just the purpose of making the world. It's more than that, I'm sorry. The Torah, since it is the Ratzon of Hashem, therefore the Ratzon Atzmi of Hashem is something which is always going to be eternal, regardless of how the world will be. The Ratzon of Atzmi of Hashem always has to be in some way fulfilled. So in different generations might be different ways of how we're able to fulfill that Ratzon, but the Ratzon always remains the same. So therefore, the purpose of the Torah is what Hashem wants and how to fulfill what Hashem wants. And therefore, that will never change. And therefore, it's Shaykh to all generations. And that's why this at the Torah can never, you can't be Moisif or be Gereya from the Torah, according to the Ramam, is something which is, uh, uh, has a Shavya Emes, has a, a true value. According to the Sefer Ikram, he's saying that it doesn't have a true value. It really depends on the recipients. According to the Raman, says it doesn't depend on the recipients. It's Mitzad the Torah itself. It's Mitzad Hashem. Therefore, it has a true value because this is something which is true, something which uh, has to be ultimately fulfilled. And regarding the seventh Ikram, we asked, why do we need the seventh Ikram and the ninth Ikram? Once you have the seventh Ikram, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, who is the, the greatest of the prophets, and we all experience Moshe Rabbeinu's prophecy, so we know that he's saying the truth. And therefore, since he gave the Torah, and then within the Torah itself, itself, it's always going to be forever, then how? Then automatically you can't really go against that particular... Uh, automatically, once we know that, the, that Moshe Rabbeinu is true, and that's the only time we had Har Sinai, so therefore, of course, no later Navi could come and uh, disagree with him, because any Navi that will come, and according to the Raman, it's more the idea that Moshe was the greatest Navi, then... How could a smaller Navi come and change the Torah? It doesn't make sense. So once we know that the Nebuah of Moshe is the most powerful type of Nebuah, automatically we know that the Torah won't be changed. So why do you need to have another Iker? 
So the explanation is because the purpose of the seventh Iker is because we're trying to express the Mila of the idea of Nevoah. That the reason why we know the Torah is true for us is because we experienced Nevoah Smaisha. That Nevoah Smaisha, really already on the Nevoah Smaisha, as we know, is the greatest type of Nevoah. He heard it while he's standing up, he heard it while he was awake. It, uh, it was like uh, Hashem spoke to him without any type of riddles. Whenever Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to speak to Hashem, Hashem spoke to him. Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest prophet. And at the same time, we saw Hashem speaking to him. Therefore, we know that it's true. So the Mila of the, the, the purpose of the seventh Iker is, is to tell us how do we know that the Torah is true? We know the Torah is true is because we ourselves experienced it. So there's the, the difference between, in other words, between the seventh Iker and the ninth is, the seventh Iker is telling us how do we know that this is true even in our Seichel? How could we even in our minds and in our hearts and our emotions know that this is something that's true is because we experienced it. We saw it with our own eyes. While the ninth Iker is telling us that the Torah itself is always going to be eternal because the Torah is the Ratzon Atzvi. So regardless if there theoretically could be another Navi who could give another type of Navios in front of 600,000 people, according to the Raman, even if such a thing would happen, that there would be another Navi with 600,000 people saying, God, Adam, so we know that he's lying. Why? Because the, the whole definition, the essence of what the Torah is, the Torah is something which is the Ratzon Atzvi of Hashem. Therefore, it can never be um, added to or taken away from. So these are two totally different types of concepts. Point number, Iker number seven is telling us that we know the Torah is true, is because we know that the Nevoah of Moshe is true, and therefore, by extension, we know that the Torah is true, the Nevoah of Moshe is true, is because we experienced it. Therefore, we know that this is true. Iker number 10 is telling us that this Nevoah that Moshe Rabbeinu gave, not only do we know that it's true, but we know that it's something which is going to be eternal. And even if there's another Navi, which we know is telling the truth, comes to us and wants to add another mitzvah, and we know he's telling the truth, we still won't listen to him. Why? Because the Torah is something which is eternal. Because since Hashem gave it to us and Hashem is perfect, therefore his Torah is perfect, and therefore any addition would of course be gorea, would be taking away from the Torah, therefore we know that it's false. So based on this, and just one last point, is that based on this, the Rebbe gives a very interesting diak, why it was that the, the, the Chazal, and, and also the Sefer Ikrim, and the Raman bring different psukim of how we know that uh, that a navi is not allowed to uh, can't can't be moisif a uh, 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 mitzvah or take away a mitzvah from the Torah. So according to the Sefer Ikrim, the Chazal bring they bring the pasuk of Ela Hamitzvus says. Um, so he says in the pasuk Ela Hamitzvus Asher Siva Hashem Est Moisha. This is the R fifty three of the Rabbah. These are the mitzvahs that Hashem commanded Moshe Rabbeinu. So the reason why they're stressing that is because the reasoning why we know that the mitzvahs are true and the mitzvahs are eternal, and that's why a Novi, Rashai, Lachadish Dov, a Novi can't add another mitzvah, is because the mitzvah we're giving to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu gave us a Torah in front of 600,000 people. We saw it with our own eyes. So therefore, since we know it's true, no Novi is allowed to add because Moshe Rabbeinu said there won't be any type of addition. So it's beautiful, that the source that they bring. But the Raman doesn't bring that source. He brings the Pasuk of Loi Shemaimi. Why is he bringing the Pasuk of Leib Because his point is not that since it was given to Moshe Rabbeinu, therefore we know that it, and he, Moshe is the greatest Navi, and, and no Navi is able to change what Moshe Rabbeinu said because Moshe has a greater level of Vadois than anybody else. No, it's because the Torah is not in Shemaim. That when Hashem gave us the Torah, He gave us the complete Torah in its completion. So therefore, what we have is the entire Torah. So it's not the Pshat that Hashem gave us half the Torah, 613, but there's another 613 in Shemaim, and some later generation, the Navi can come and say, oh, I'm not disagreeing with Moshe, I'm giving you another 613, which He didn't give us yet. No, the Torah was not in Shemaim, Hashem gave us everything. So the 613 is the complete 
perfect Torah, and Hashem gave it to us all at once. So if somebody wants to come and add another mitzvah, we obviously know that he's going to be lying. That's why the Rambam brings that particular Pasuk. And now we can explain the Rambam in Perkhas. So the Rambam in Perkhas is talking about the, 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 the belief in the Vuas Maishar Beinu is because we saw it with our own eyes, and the Torah tells us that if you see that, that when you see it with your own eyes and hear it with your own ears, that's how you're going to know that Maisha is true. But then it tells us, you know, and that's also how you know whether the Nabi is true, because since the Torah tells us to trust the Nabi if he gives the ice, the Torah tells us we love Tishman, you should listen to the Nabi if he gives the ice. So the reason why we believe the Nabi, even though maybe he's also lying. How do you know he's telling the truth? It's because we know that the Torah is true. We know Moshe Rabbeinu is true. We gave us the Torah, so we know the Torah is true. And the Torah says that, that, that you're supposed to listen to him, therefore that's how you know uh, he's telling the truth, or at least that's how you know you have to listen to him, even if he's lying, technically. Just like an aide, you have to listen to the aide, even if theoretically they're lying, it's because the Torah says you have to listen to him. So our Shaila was, then why does the Ramah continue on and start saying, if he says that Moshe Rabbeinu's Nebuah is false, you don't listen to him. Why? Because obviously he's lying because the Nebuah of Moshe has much greater advice because we saw because we saw Moshe being given the Nebuah. That's not the point. The point is because he's going against the Torah and his whole Nebuah comes from the Torah. But according to what we're, we explained, it makes sense. But because what Perikas of the Rambam is really trying to do is really trying to explain the seventh, it's it's explaining the seventh Iker. Not, not just the seventh Iker. I don't want anyone listening to make that mistake. There are obviously additional points. But in a sense, he's also explaining this Seventh Iker. In other words, what he's saying is like this, that there is a mitzvah, there, one of the Ikrim is, and there's a mitzvah, is that we're supposed to believe, I shouldn't say a mitzvah, it's, it's, it's even higher than a mitzvah, I don't think there's a mitzvah to believe in, in the Vuas Moshe, it's, uh, there's a mitzvah to listen to the Navi. But anyways, the reason why the Vuas Moshe is an Iker is because we experienced it, and therefore we know whatever he said is true. But how do we have the Taikif? How do we know that it's true even within our hearts? It's because we saw it with our eyes. How do we know? So it's a halacha. The halacha is that we don't just, you know, uh, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu is, it's, it's not enough basically just to know that Moshe, that the Torah is true because Moshe Rabbeinu had a nebuah. And we take it with Baal Saul. You need to actually have an Izbainus. You need to think about it. You need to meditate it. That you need to have a powerful atrikit amunah by thinking about the idea of Anenu Reinu, that we saw this happen, that we saw Hashem give Moshe Rabbeinu the Torah. So the purpose of Perakas is to tell us that this that we believe in Nebuah Moshe is not just something that we take with Kabbal Sol because it says in the Torah. It's more than that. We also need to believe it within our hearts. That's why it's important that it's Nebuah Sol Moshe that we saw with our own eyes. Similarly, this that we know that the Nebuah is false, it's not just enough because the Torah says it's false. You need to know within your heart that he's false. Because part of the belief in Moshe Rabbeinu is to know that anyone that says something contradictory to Moshe Rabbeinu is completely false. So therefore we have a toikif of Amunia that this Nabi Shakir is false is because we saw with our own eyes that Moshe Rabbeinu is true. Therefore we know that anybody else that's contradicting him is of course going against what we saw with our own eyes. Therefore we know that it's false. So that's the purpose of Perakhas. So the purpose of Perakhas is not just to tell us that why don't we believe a Navi Shaker? It's because it doesn't make any sense. Or why don't we believe a Navi Shaker? It's because our whole belief is only because of what it says in the Torah. No, it's more. It's teaching us another halacha. Not just why do we don't believe in a Navi Shaker. It's telling us how do we have a Tukifah Amuna in the Ruvua of Moshe Rabbein? To such an extent that even if there's a Navi Shaker, we won't even be machshiv him at all. It's because uh, we saw with our own eyes Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem speak to Moshe Rabbeinu. Perkes continues along this theme, but it takes it even a step further. And he says, this is even true by Torah. Torah, the Rebbe says, this is a tam pnimi. So it's that 
the Torah, as we said earlier, is essentially something which is higher than the Hasaga that we were able to a- understand the essence of what the Torah is. Nevuah is something what we could experience. Torah is something which is essentially higher than the idea of uh, us being able to grasp it. So how are we able to grasp it? How are we able to have any type of understanding of it? The reasoning is because Hashem gave it to Moshe Rebbe B'mayim and Har Sinai. Since we, Hashem, uh, told us the Torah to Moshe Rebbe, and we experienced this happening, we experienced Hashem speaking to Moshe We were able to see with our own eyes Hashem speaking to us. Not only did this give us a take of Amunah in the Metzius Hashem, because we see Hashem speaking to Moshe Rebbe, so it's not just a proof. Matan Torah is not just a proof that, of, that, the, that, that there's a God and Hashem communicates to man. But there's also a proof that the Torah itself is something which is um, true. It's because we experience Hashem speaking to Moshe. And, and that's the purpose of Perak Tess. The purpose of Perak Tess is telling us that we know that the Torah is true. This is halacha. That we know that the Torah is eternal. So this is the, acre, the ninth acre. How do we know that the Torah is eternal and you can't change it, you can't take away of it? It's because we experience it on ourselves. So it's not just a, because uh, 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 it says in the Torah that the Torah is eternal, therefore we have to believe it. But it's also something we need to be misbeinim. We need to think about. We know that the Torah is eternal is because we experienced it. We heard Hashem give over the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. Therefore, we're able to experience that the Torah is, is truth. And to take it one step further, the Rebbe asks, this is in the same ice, but it's in between the lines question, is why did Hashem need to reveal Himself to Moshe Rabbeinu in front of all the Jewish people by Mama Sinai? Couldn't Hashem have revealed Himself earlier to Hashem, let's say right, right away, as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu came, I'm, I'm adding this, as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu came to the Jewish people, he, Hashem should have spoken to Moshe Rabbeinu in front of all the Jewish people, and then they would have believed in Moshe right away. And the truth is, as we know, this was one of the issues that Moshe Rabbeinu had. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to go to the Jewish people because he said, they're not going to trust me. I, so Hashem says, I'll give you signs, the, 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 the stick turning into a snake, uh, the saras, and all these things. He says, still, but they're, they're going to have, they're not going to trust me completely. So my Hashem tells them, don't worry, they're going to, eventually you're going to go to Har Sinai and, and they're going to, exp- and you're going to, on this mountain, al they're going to hear me speaking to you and they're going to see me speaking to you and therefore they'll believe in you forever. But why did you have to wait all the way to Matan Tyra? Why didn't Hashem just speak to Moshe Rabbeinu earlier? Why wait so long? So the reasoning, the Rebbe says, the Tampanimi of that is that if he would have just spoken to him earlier, that true, the Yidim would have had a belief in Moshe Rabbeinu and would have had a strong belief in Hashem, of course. But then the Torah, they wouldn't have had that ability to take the Torah, which is something which is essentially higher than Tamadas, and bring it into themselves. So true, we would have believed, we know that there's an existence of Hashem. We would have known that there's Moshe. And when Moshe eventually gave us the Torah, we would have known that the Torah, of course, is true. Because since Moshe Rabbeinu gave us the Torah, we know that Moshe is true, of course, the Torah is going to be true. Yes, we would have known the truth of the Torah, but we wouldn't have been able to experience the Torah within ourselves. Right? This is, again, an more but he's B'dayik and also in the Raman, is that by having it at the time that Hashem reveals Himself to all of us and tells us to and speak to Moshe Rabbeinu, at the moment of Matan Torah, what that really ultimately does is it gives us the ability to appreciate uh, the Torah and it's able to draw down something which is essentially higher than this world and bring it into uh, the world itself or within ourselves itself. So this is interesting, maybe just a, a moment to take a little, like a, a whole time we've been saying how the Torah is the essence of something which is completely higher than the Olamas. It's completely higher than the Hasaga of, of a person. 
uh, it actually tells us in the morale that when Moshe, Hashem was teaching Moshe Rabbeinu the Torah, he kept on forgetting it. Until Hashem, it says Hashem gave it to him as a gift. So the question is, wait a second, Hashem gave Avram Avinu the Torah and told him that he never forgot it. So why could Moshe Rabbeinu not remember the Torah until it was given to him as a gift? So the reasoning is because the Torah that Avram Avinu was given was a Torah on the level of Nevoah. Meaning it was a madrig of the Torah which was relative to the Darg of Avram Avinu. Therefore he was able to remember it. But the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu was given was something that was completely higher than the saga of people. So therefore Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't grasp it. So Hashem had to give it to him as a gift. So similarly when Hashem gave us the Torah, he gave us the Torah in a way that we were able to have, to have, able to have some type of saga of the Torah, that we were able to become, have some type of pnimis, some type of unification, uh, uh, some type of unification and unity uh, with us. We'd be able to be able to be deheren elokus with the Torah, able to have, a, able to experience the Torah and experience how the Torah is nitzchis. And this is negel halacha lamaisa. Therefore, the Rambam at the beginning of the parak um, talks about. How the Nitzchis of Torah is someone who goes against the Nitzchis of Torah or goes against one of the Purushim that Moshe Rabbeinu gave is really going against uh, the belief of Moshe. So, therefore, at the beginning, now we can understand why at the beginning of the parak it says, Dafkin, he's being Machsh Nibuasa Shemasha, while uh, in Allah Dalid, where it's just talking about when he's going against a particular din, he just talks about being Machsh the Torah. The reasoning is because at the beginning of the parak, when a person is saying that the Torah is not Nitzchiyas or it's changing or this particular Pirish lesson from Moshe Rabbeinu, really what he's doing is he's doing two things. He's saying, first of all, that Moshe Rabbeinu is not the true, it, it, Hashem never sent Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is not true. And B, he's also saying that the Torah is not really Nitzchiyas. So therefore, the Ram has to stress that we know that this is true, that the Torah is Nitzchiyas and that the Moshe Rabbeinu is true is because we experienced it. It has to be a moon within our heart. That the Halacha Dalet it's talking about when a Navi comes to give us a certain din. Said, oh, this din I heard from Hashem. Even it says, if he's, he gives us the crack of the law, he says, the law like, is like Beis Hillel. How do I know the law is like this? Well, because I heard it from Hashem. So then, he's not coming to negate and say that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't a, a, a true Navi. All what he's coming to do is, he's coming to tell us that I know that the law, this is the, I heard, I, I know that this is true Allah because Hashem told me that this is a halacha. Or Hashem, even more than that, according to Hashem, sent me to tell you that this halacha. So how do we know that he's lying? Maybe Hashem did send him to tell us that this is a halacha. The reasoning is, is because the Torah gives us certain criteria. This goes back to the more basic reason. How do you know if the Nabi's telling the truth or where he's lying? The Torah gives us certain criteria how to believe that. If he comes and tells us that a certain halacha, we know that he's lying because the Torah tells us loyba shamayim. So he's going against the criteria of the Torah. Masha Enkin, at the beginning of the parak, he's not just going against the criteria. He's saying that Moshe Rabbeinu himself never gave this Anubua, that this Pirish wasn't given for Moshe Rabbeinu. He's going against the Nitzchis of the Torah, that the, 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 the Torah is only the feast man, it's not forever. Therefore, that's going against the essence of what the Torah is. Therefore, we do not, um, therefore, we don't, we don't believe it. And, and now, we could finally understand, also this, the, to end off with the Seder HaParakim. So, Perak Zion of the Rambam talks about the general idea of Nebuah, Hashem communicates with man, and ends off with the Mila of the Vuas Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem spoke to him face to face, without any riddles, etc., etc. Basically, it's telling us how Moshe Rabbeinu was the most perfect Navi, that he was, had the greatest clarity in the Vuah, Hashem speaking to him face to face, without any riddles. At the same time, he wasn't asleep. He was able to stand where he was, able to handle. So it's telling us how Moshe Rabbeinu was the most perfect Navi. Perchas continues that in it, because of those Milas, he was the one that's chosen, that Hashem will communicate directly to him um, will communicate directly to him 
in front of all the Jewish people, the Torah. In other words, it's because Moshe Rabbeinu was that epitome of being able to mechaber the, the, the Elyonim and the Tachtainim, therefore he's the one that's chosen that Hashem's going to reveal Hashem speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai, and the Jewish people are seeing it. He's the perfect, like, conduit in a sense for that particular idea because he's the one that personifies the ability of being able to take the highest levels, uh, 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 the nitzchias in the sense of the Torah, and uh, and um, make it uh, and, and and show how it's true even within the heart of man. So the Torah, which is something which is a Maila, and on the other hand, it's able to be felt within our own Gedarn. So that Moshe Rabbeinu was the epitome of that particular. And therefore, in Perikasa tells us that we experienced that with Moshe. We saw Moshe Rabbeinu, that happened to Moshe Rabbeinu. Therefore, that's how we know that Moshe Rabbeinu is a Navi Emes, is because we saw that happen. And then in Perikasa takes a, a, a deeper level, that that's not only in regards to that we know that Moshe Rabbeinu is, is, is the true prophet, because we, and we know anyone else who fights against him is false, is because we experienced it, takes us to the deepest level that even the Torah, which is higher, it's the Ratan Atzim, which is higher than the Be'atzim, is higher than the Tbisa on Ibrahim. Moshe Rabbeinu reveals it to us. And, because, and, and we experience it. We see Hashem giving the Torah to Moshe. Therefore, we're also able to have some experience of the Torah, even though, again, the Torah is essentially higher than Ibrahim, but we're able to have some experience of it is because Moshe Rabbeinu, it was given to Moshe Rabbeinu in front of all of us, and we saw it with our own eyes. Therefore, we could also have a level of a saga within the Torah.